This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. Well, on today's show, we're going to talk about ice hockey and youth hockey in particular. You know, I, I can't really recall the last time I did a show on the sport, which is, which is curious because, you know, for years, ice hockey was the, was the poster child for everything that was wrong about over-the-top sports parents, uh, concerns about a kid's playing time, uh, travel team tryouts, uh, concussion concerns, expense of travel team, and on and on. But the good news is that instead of trying to downplay or deny that these were real concerns, USA Hockey, which is the, the governing body of youth and amateur hockey in this country, stepped up and started to address these issues. And they did so with a sense of real commitment. And if you have questions about youth or travel hockey or USA Hockey, well, Today's your day to call in at 1-877-337-6666. That is brought to you, of course, by Mohegan Sun. Unlimited possibilities await you at Mohegan Sun. Plan your stay at mohegansun.com. Anyway, on today's show, I've asked a longtime hockey uh, advocate and fan and player and coach, uh, Mike Benelli, who's been involved in youth hockey for years, to come on to talk about all the various issues related to the sport. And Mike is is currently working as a program architect for youth hockey clubs and teams. He's specializing in growing the game solutions, coaching education, and player assessment and development. Mike's been the East Coast District Coach-in-Chief for USA Hockey in New York, covering Long Island, Westchester, Putnam, Dutchess Counties since 2012, and he oversees the education of over 900 coaches each year in that district. Mike, good morning. Hey, good morning, Rick. Um, thanks for having me. Well, Mike, thank you for, for joining me this morning. And, and um, as I mentioned uh, at the outset here, I, I want to talk about everything in hockey these days, from obnoxious parents to travel team tryouts to the cost of ice hockey and, of course, uh, concussions. In fact, let, let me just start with that right from the get-go. Uh, the issue of fighting and concussions in ice hockey, well, just like in football, a lot of recent articles have pointed to how many uh, former NHL players have developed a serious mental problems or dementia at a relatively young age. I, I think, Mike, it's important that we remind hockey parents uh, that fighting, fighting between players where they, they're on the ice, they drop the gloves, they trade punches, well, that is actually, unlike the NHL, professional level, in, in youth and amateur hockey, uh, that is strictly prohibited, and, and uh, from all the way from the Mites level, all the way up to the NCAA. There's no fighting allowed in high school, travel, or, or in, in college hockey. I just want to confirm all that, correct? 
Uh, correct. And it's really just a part of the game that's uh, been phased out, even, you know, coming into the NHL level. Um, you know, these skilled players uh, that they need on these teams to, to perform, uh, you know, you need, you need those roster spots. And, and, and frankly, um, you know, that, that intimidation factor, I mean, going from, you know, talking about concussions and fighting and even checking uh, the intimidation factor part of the fighting at the amateur level is just, uh, you know, it's been really phased out of the game. Yeah, and I uh, think, over the last couple of years, you know, we know we know, of course, Mike, uh, that uh, when you look at the when the, the televised uh, highlights, they'll show uh, you know some nice plays in hockey, but invariably they'll show a couple of a couple of guys squaring off in the NHL and, and and throwing punches at each other. And and you know we've read uh, in, over and over again in recent years about some of these guys who've been enforcers at the NHL level. Unfortunately, these are the guys end up on, with having dementia. Uh, to a large extent, and they always attribute to the fact they've been just been, you know, been used as punching bags over the years uh, in the NHL. But again, I really want to drive home the point to moms and dads whose kids are playing hockey that 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 doesn't happen in, in amateur hockey. It, it, uh, fighting has sort of been uh, eliminated entirely. In fact, if a kid does fight, let's say in a high school game, though, I as I recall the rule, and maybe it's uh, still in effect, Mike, is that uh, if you get disqualified for fighting in a in a high school hockey game, you're gone from that game and for the next game as well. Is that, is that still the rule? At, at least. I mean, some leagues are even stricter than that. And at the youth level, uh, most of these players would have to go through a, a hearing and, and maybe sit out multiple games, uh, depending on the um, you know severity and kind of the, the situation. But but virtually, you're not seeing fighting at the you know 16U level uh, yeah. at all. Okay. And again, so we've now gone through this for several generations where we know that. Uh, Kids today uh, who play hockey, they, they don't, fighting is not as foreign to them. And I know uh, over in the European teams, of course, as well, fighting is not allowed. It's, it, the kids grow up without, I mean, sure, it's a contact sport. We get that. And guys get checked and they get knocked down the ice. But the actual fighting itself, it's not no longer part of the game. Okay, I just, I really right. wanted to, I just wanted to remind parents and let them know that that's not the way it is if your kid wants to play a hockey at, at, at the high school or, or youth or travel level. In fact, let me talk about the travel hockey for a second because how, I'm curious, Mike, and we're talking with Mike Manelli this morning. How does USA Hockey view tryouts for the youth programs? I mean, what's the best way to run these kind of tryouts? Because they're, they're nerve-wracking for the kids and for their parents. Right, so I probably differ a little bit in, in what a lot of uh, a lot of you know folks that do tryouts at the youth level. Uh, it depends really on your organization. I mean, I, I classify you know, organizations in, in two in two levels. You have your compilers, which are your you know big organizations that have open tryouts for maybe hundreds of kids at at, at a certain level. Mm-hmm. And then you have your developer programs. So you know the, the the programs, the youth programs that have you know it's a town program. It's the same kids that come out for your team. So if you have a ten U group of kids most likely it's the same 10 u kids that were in your organization all year are are you know quote unquote trying out again <laughs> for the next level um so I, I you know so as far as usa hockey doesn't have any standard uh setup for for tryouts but overall you want it to be you know as uh independent and and uh have the ability for not only the coaches to be involved uh, but for other people to see the, the skill development and the abilities of those players uh, trying out for an individual uh, team. And, and I've, as I mentioned to a lot of folks, uh, you know, in hockey, it's especially because it's a team sport, you can't just pick the best 15 players. You have to best pick the best team. So aligning your tryouts uh, with that philosophy in mind and understanding that 
there are certain players that play certain roles at, at certain age levels. Uh, it's so important for parents to understand. And I think it's it's also and look, any any mom or dad who's had their little one try out for for a travel team, uh, particularly in, in ice hockey, they, they're they're everybody is on the edge of their seat. They know how difficult it is, particularly if there are dozens of kids trying out and the judges who uh, you know obviously are trying their best to be objective and, and to be sort of distinctly away from the fray. They're looking for, as you said, Mike, not just the kids who are the best skaters, but the kids obviously would be the best team players. But, you know, the fact is, if, if, the, if the kids, if, if the tryouts result uh, and there's an A team and there's a B team and there's also a, a local or in-house league, uh, in my experience, uh, the kids are maybe disappointed if they don't make the A team, uh, but they're very happy to play in the B team or even in the, in the, in the in-house league so long as they have a chance to play. The difficulty comes when there's just, uh, you know, kids don't have a chance to actually keep going with their sport. And we know that, that kids over the years in hockey, just like any other sport, sometimes they, you know, kids get to their, their adolescence, they, they go through a growth spurt, or they, they get bigger, stronger, faster. But as long as they're actually playing the sport, you know, they, they can develop and, and progress. Um, it's not always, in other words, the race doesn't always go to the, the, uh, the fastest when they're only 8 or 9 or 10 years old. Yeah, and USA Hockey encourages, you know, no tryouts, actually no cuts uh, at 8U. Uh, try to find a way to uh, put as many, uh, you know, with the American development model and the institution of cross-ice hockey and small area game age-appropriate development uh, across the country. You know, we're finding huge numbers at the 8U level uh, because, you know, we recommend to our programs uh, not to cut those players, to, mm-hmm. you know, get them the opportunity to see who they become and if they even like the sport. Uh, you know, I, I know the organizations that I work with uh, independently – you know, I encourage any all those organizations that you know. I I don't believe that players should be evaluated on a, a three day quote unquote tryout in April. Uh, you know, for a hockey team that's going to be playing in hopefully in September, uh, but more of a body of work. You know, evaluating those players over the course of twenty three, twenty four, twenty five weeks, and then really seeing what players fit into your system and fit into your environment and your coach and your and the other parents on the team. That, that's almost uh, more important than you know, if a kid can, uh, you know, go through the cones uh, in a certain amount of time and be evaluated to be the best player on the ice. Yeah, that, that's, that's a refreshing approach, Mike, uh, because, you know, in, in years past, it wasn't like that. It was just, uh, okay, no, we just want the, uh, the fastest skaters and that's it. And there was no sense of, well, look, this kid really got better. This kid has really uh, evolved. This kid is very, very committed to the sport. But as you said, you're taking much, much more of the kid's body of work, and that can be very, very helpful in terms of, putting together, you know, a quality team. Uh, and, again, it is difficult. I mean, I, as I said, haven't gone through this myself uh, as a sports parent with my own son. You know, it, it's, it's difficult to sit up there in the stands and watch your youngster go through all this. Uh, but in the end, I've always found whether your kid does make an A team or B team or plays in a, in a local rec team, as long as they're playing, they seem to be pretty much uh, enjoying themselves. The, the key is, again, to open those opportunities up and, again, USA Hockey, as you just mentioned, they don't like to cut kids. They want kids to keep playing as they develop. Uh, and I think that's, that's essential. All right, let me, um, let me take a pause. When I return, I go, I'll take your phone calls here for Mike Benelli at 877-337-6666. We're talking about youth hockey this morning, and there's a lot of complications. We talked about tryouts. Just mentioned about the fact there's no fighting at all allowed in youth hockey. I want to talk about uh, everything from travel, expenses, and much more. Uh, Dave Uram has your update. I'll be back. Stay with me. Stay in FM, New York.
And back here on the Sports Edge, I'm talking about youth hockey this morning with Mike Benelli. And, uh, Mike, before I, before I go to the calls, you know, we are talking before the break about uh, kids trying out and the changes, just like in other sports, the kids go through adolescence and all sorts of things change with them. Uh, you know, Dom Chara, who, you know, the six foot nine superstar defenseman, has had a terrific career in the NHL. But, you know, I think you told me last week he was cut when he was a young kid. Is that correct? Right. I mean, Kenny Roush, our, uh, you know, our youth player development coordinator for USA Hockey, has some, some great statistical information on uh, what, he, what he considers and USA Hockey considers, you know, the, the norm, and that's late bloomers. And, mm-hmm. and, and you don't see uh, superstars like, like our local talent here, uh, like the Charlie McAvoy's of the world, um, you know, where just we're, we're superstars from a very young age and all the way through their NHL career now. Uh, Kevin Shattenkirk, those type of players, but you know those that that's not the norm. And uh, I think the the norm is you know kids that you know, can get through puberty, you know, end up you know still being in, in love with the sport and have a passion for the sport and can drive themselves to be uh, better hockey players and better athletes. Uh, you know that that's you see a lot much more of that at the at the highest levels. Yeah, I mean, I, the fact is, this is one reason why USA Hockey is so adamant that don't they don't want to see kids walk away from the sport. They're looking for ways to keep kids involved playing uh, because we, we are all these, as you say, all these amazing case studies and examples out there, like a Dom Chara who was cut at an early age and grew up to be a superstar in the NHL. All right, let's go to our callers at one eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Let us start with uh, let's start with AJ over in Princeton, New Jersey. AJ, good morning. You're on the fan. Hey, good morning, Rick. Uh, good morning, Mike. Morning. Um, Listen, I've been a hockey fan my whole life. Uh, started out playing on the streets, you know, uh, on feet and everything, and just loved the sport. Um, started playing um, on ice, and the whole game changed uh, because my skating ability was, uh, was less than stellar. Um, my, my question is this. Um, it's kind of taken for granted, I think, from the outside world that, oh, well, you know, hockey is just another sport. But, number one, the commitment level to even play. We used to play at 1 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning. The commitment level in hockey is just so different than any other sport. And, number two, and again, I couldn't skate. So how do you, how do you develop kids, uh, you know, their skating ability? Because i got to tell you, from the first time I ever put on skates, they never felt comfortable. They always tight. They always hurt. Um, I played hockey the uh, morning before Super Bowl, the Super Bowl that the Jets won, on outdoors on a pond in a local park. And you know, at, at 30 degrees and uh, skates hurting and stuff, it, it, it deterred you from playing hockey very quickly. And I personally believe it just blows every other sport away. From a spectator point of view, hockey's great, and I'm loving seeing you know the, the growth of hockey and the way the NHL I think is really getting it right well, and a, promoting a, this sport. AJ, let me stop you there because uh, you, you mentioned two quick uh, uh, points there, and thank you for the call this morning, Mike. First of all, you know he, AJ was talking about the fact that uh, he never was comfortable on skates. Now, I know enough about ice skating, which is very very little, to know that you have to have the skates. They, they have to be so 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 strict, so tight around your ankles that you don't flop around out there. You have to be able to have skates that really fit snugly, correct? 
Yeah, well, well, our skates uh, today are, are, you know, they're unbelievable. The technology out there with the lightness and the, the ability to have, you know, these, these carbon fiber skates that give you that support and, and give you the ability to, you know, even at the, at the 6U level you know, yep. to have kids out there that, you know, that you no longer, uh, you know, putting kids out there back in the day, you put the kids on like a double runner type skate for them to have, you know, that balance and that ability to stand up. But, you know, these, the skates they have today, you know, you don't need that anymore. You really need, uh, you know, to, to the caller's point, I think it's more, you, you need access. And that's, you know, he mentioned the NHL, he mentioned USA Hockey. You know, that's what they're doing. You have the Rangers, the Islanders, you know, our local, the Devils even, our local organizations doing, you know, rookie leagues, learn to play free hockey. I mean, in the NHL right now with their program at USA Hockey, for under $200, a player could literally play a season of hockey uh, and get an opportunity to be on the ice and, and those you know, 1 a.m. in the morning. That doesn't exist uh, really well, anymore. I'm glad you uh, mentioned that, Mike, because I have to tell you, my, my son, you know, played hockey, still plays hockey. He's in his early 30s. He loved playing hockey uh, when he was a kid. And, and as I said, you know, I, I heard all these horror stories myself. Oh, you'll be getting up at 5 in the morning and taking your kid to hockey practice at 6 a.m. You know, John, he played all over, uh, you know, this area, the tri-state area, and he played at the highest levels of, of uh, youth and travel team hockey. And the fact of the matter is, I can't recall maybe once or twice he had a 6 a.m. practice. But for the most part, all his practices, all his games, and he played, you know, a lot of hockey, they were all in the afternoon after school or, or in the evening. So I think the, the mythology of the old 5 a.m., you know, wake-up call to go skate, I think that sort of, as more and more rinks open up and as more facilities, I think that stuff's going by the boards. Would you, would you agree with that? Uh, no doubt. I mean, we we consider it access. I mean, even though I was growing up in the tri-state area, there were four rinks. Now there's there's you know in a, in a, a sixty mile radius of even my home, uh, there I think there's over thirty. So you know, just a, it's just ton, tons of access. Uh, we recommend programs all the time. We work with them with the NHL clubs, USA Hockey, or even my own independent uh, stuff that I do. You know, you don't want to start your your first time hockey experience by giving the kids the seven thirty a.m. Saturday morning slot. Yeah. You know, the, you, know you want to give them eleven a.m., twelve thirty, one o'clock. Get the parents. You know, because as you just mentioned, and this uh, caller mentioned earlier, you know, once you're in and you're hooked, the, the, the sport is an amazing sport. It's a sport that people fall in love with for as a lifetime sport. And your first introduction to the sport shouldn't be uh, a difficult one or an uncomfortable one. Uh, and what USA Hockey has done with, with the help of, of, of professional teams and the NHL have put access to kids to be not only comfortable, but have good times, good access, good prices, free equipment, uh, and, and really, you know, really change the culture of the sport in, in the U.S. Let's, uh, move, let's move on. Let's go to uh, John in Westchester County this morning. John, good morning. You're on the fan. Uh, good morning. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, great show. I appreciate it. Um, I'm a uh, was a hockey dad for about eight years. Uh, wonderful sport. I have about tryouts. Um, I think they're necessary. The body of work sounds noble, but what happens? What I've seen happen is that organizations they develop prejudices, and kids grow, and kids need something objective to strive for. So, hated tryouts. Hated everything to do with tryouts. And I agree that, you know, eight, what, what kid does over three days doesn't tell the whole story of the kid. But mm-hmm. I think it's really necessary to have the child try for it and necessary that the organization has some objective approach. Because otherwise, what happens is kids get typecast about what they did. The body of work could be from three years ago. And organizations have these long memories, and they're not always the right memory. So that's well, just my thought. But thank you. Yeah, John, thank you for, for calling in. And, and Mike, to that point, uh, first of all, 
Yeah, I don't think anybody likes tryouts. I mean, I think that's the reality. Everybody uh, is nervous no matter how good or how talented or how committed their kid may be. Everybody hates tryouts, but um, it would be helpful, I think, if, if the program, uh, the people who are running the tryouts, would basically put a post or, or make it known what are the criteria that the, the evaluators are looking for. Are they looking for, you know, just you say, just skill, speed, size, you know, uh, past experiences, meaning the kid's body of work. I mean, I don't recall, and maybe this has changed in recent years, but I don't recall a criteria list being posted as to what the, what the judges, the evaluators uh, are looking for when the kids go through tryouts. Is that, is that something I'm, that's new or hasn't changed at all? No, so, so it's obviously a subject much larger than this segment, but, uh, but really basically, and I, I agree that there needs to be a, a tryout criteria, mm-hmm. uh, but what we don't do, and not, and not only hockey, my son, you know, I'm very involved with lacrosse and, and, and baseball and soccer and everything else. You know, what we do as coaches, we don't give any feedback. We, as organizations, we don't give uh, parents, uh, we don't educate them as to where we feel their, their player is throughout uh, the course of a season. So mm-hmm. what we're doing is evaluating that player in such a short window of time. And it is political. I mean, I, I don't care. There is no way to take the, uh, you know, there are all, all these organizations are parent volunteer based organizations and they're, and they're organizations, frankly, to the other ones that have paid professionals that are, that are, that need those players on their teams. So there is no true independent evaluation process. So what you need to do is lay out the best program for your organization that's going to give those parents and players feedback throughout the year and the process, uh, just as you mentioned, what are the criteria? What are we looking for? What are the intangibles? You know, what are the things that you need to do as a player uh, to play on this particular team and this particular year with this particular coach? And that's what's great about the sport of ice hockey. It, you, you, know, you can put players in so many different roles and so many different uh, setups that you, know, you, you just you, again, you just can't pick independently a group of kids, throw them on the ice, and expect to be successful with those kids. Well, you know, it's funny you mentioned about the feedback because I do think that's something that uh, the parents and obviously their children uh, would love to get. Uh, you know, what what they need, not just what are your strengths, but what you need to develop to work on. And I I I think that'd be a gr- a great plus if uh, youth hockey coaches and programs, and as you said, even the evaluators could give that kind of criteria and give feedback to the kids. Okay, you do this well, but this is where you need to work on, and so on and so forth, because that gives the kid and the parents a better idea of the, pl- of the blueprint they're, they're looking to, to pursue. Now, Mike, I have to ask you this before we go back to our callers. You, you had mentioned that you're involved in a lot of different sports. I can recall, I don't know, maybe uh, 15, 20 years ago, <laughs> and this is a true story, uh, my, my son was – was playing uh, youth hockey, maybe at the mite or squirt level up at the at the uh, at the Harvey School, the rink up in Katona, New York. And I look up in in the stands, and it's I did like a double take. There was Marcel Dion was there, the the great <laughs> hockey Hall of Famer, whose son was playing. And I remember going up to Marcel and saying to him, "Let me ask you something. When you were growing up in Canada, and obviously you were playing hockey, did you play hockey all year round?" And he looked at me like I had three heads, and he said, well, no. In the, in the fall, we played either uh, soccer or football. We played hockey in the winter. We played baseball in the spring. <laughs> he said, well, nobody specialized in hockey. But these days, as you well know, it seems that hockey, 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 it's, it's all year round. What, what is your view or USA Hockey's view about, about kids playing hockey? Do they, do they encourage kids to take some time off? 
Yeah, I mean, the, the, the whole purpose of the American development model was to bring and shed light on the fact that our best hockey players must be our best athletes. And having the opportunity to play baseball, play soccer, uh, do anything, play tennis. I mean, I think a lot of parents in the specialization world, you know, forget that the, the way that when you look at players, you can take any professional athlete and put them in any situation and they're, they're going to be successful uh, you know, in that athletic endeavor just because they're better athletes. Right, right, and, right, right. You know, and hockey is the differentiator. I mean, listen, the skating is a very difficult part of it's not a field sport. Right? So it's, not, it's a little different than, you know, you could just take a good track athlete and, and make them a football player. Uh, certainly, the skating uh, is a is a tough one, but you, but the the ironic thing is the kids that play year round. Uh, it's actually it's, it's actually the reverse of what you want to do. You want you want the kids playing uh, a seasonal sport, having the opportunity to play multiple sports, and just being a better athlete overall as they become older. They can start specializing and start thinking of you know at fourteen, fifteen, sixteen years old. Now they they really need to start picking uh, and choosing what sport fits their know you know their ability is the best yeah I, I think that's i think that's true across the board by the kid by the time a kid is 14 15 or 16 you know he or she knows what is their their the sport they excel in and uh, but up to that point having exposed them to a variety of sports and again we all know the skating is a skill that is best developed at a younger age but the fact is all these hockey players will tell you they played baseball and soccer tennis and so on and so forth growing up and then they got into finally specializing when they were 15 or 16. That seems to be the norm, uh, but at the younger ages, not so much. All right, let me, let me take a pause. But we're talking about youth hockey this morning with Mike Bonelli from USA Hockey. When I return, I'll go back to your calls at one 337 And back here in the Sports Edge, uh, don't forget at 9 o'clock this morning, it is football Sunday. Make sure you stick around and get all the latest inf- inside information what's happening in the NFL and as always, I ask you to check out my new and improved website and blog at AskCoachWolf.com. My guest this morning is Mike Benelli. We're talking about youth hockey, and let's get right back to the callers. Let's go to uh, let's go to Pete over in New Fairfield, Connecticut. Pete, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning, Rich. Good morning, Mike. How you doing? Good. What's up? Nothing. Uh, I just wanted to wake up and uh, hear you guys talking about youth hockey and coming from an event last night where I actually saw Coach Benelli. Um, they're helping out the uh, youth programs in the area, in the tri-state area with the uh, local Rangers and everything. Um, it brought back memories uh, going to the Dave and Don uh, youth hockey program and their uh, old camps that they used to have at the Harvey School that you talked about a little while ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, uh, it's also about the family. Um, when you talk about the youth of these Programs now, my two kids—they're—they're uh, they're part of these programs that you know they—they they go on Saturday afternoons and just like Mike was talking about with USA Hockey and giving back, it—it uh, it brings back all these memories and um, an event that was held last night at the Danbury Ice Arena where Mike was a part of uh, a group where the old Rangers came back and they raised forty-six thousand dollars for the Junior Colonials. At the uh, Western uh, for the Western Connecticut Youth Program, um, and it's programs like that that USA Hockey and other programs it, it actually helps um, people feel a part of something. Um, well, Pete, talk- I, I tell you, and, and I I, uh, I I I thank you for for checking in this morning, uh, and I thank you for letting us know about all the great work that that Mike and his associates are doing. 
uh, because you honestly, the thing about ice hockey uh, is that it is, as you mentioned, Mike, it's a sport that seems to attract people for life, uh, and and they just they keep giving back and they keep it going on to the next generation. It's a remarkable, remarkable kind of sport unto itself. And I know other people obviously love soccer and they love baseball and everything else, basketball. But something about ice hockey, there's once you get involved in it, it it, it said it just it just sort of gets into your system and stays with you for the rest of your days. Yeah, I mean basketball is similar, right? But uh, you 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 see, you know, I, I skate still with people, you know, eighty five, eighty six year olds yeah, that are out yeah. there skating every you know two times a week and getting a great workout in, and and uh, you know, the sport allows you to be on the ice with whole different levels of of uh, ability levels out there. Um, and it, just in, and enjoy it and have a great recreational activity. It, it's really just uh, remarkable. Let's uh, let's go to uh, to Vin over in Milford. Hi, Vin. You're on the fan. How you doing, Rick? How's everything? Good. How are you, Vin? Hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Yes, I uh, did. You and and your guest, Mike. And Mike, you made a lot of great points about USA hockey. And and uh, I had a son that played uh, through at the youth level in high school and and collegiate level. And uh, we had a lot of great experiences throughout the years and a lot of great memories. The only thing that I ever complained about, uh, and, and kind of quietly to myself and family when we had discussions, was what I used to call this hockey elitism. Those who thought that because their child played on the A-team, that they were the greatest thing since sliced bread. They were the next uh, Wayne Gretzky's. And everybody else was pigeonholed. Oh, this one will always be on the B team. This will always be on a C team. And I got the opportunity one year to, to coach a Bantam team. And I took a lot of those C players that they thought were eh, just, you know, guys that just didn't care and they were out for a Sunday skate, you know, in the park. And some of those players, we did well that year. Got, got to the state championship uh, in tier four, but as a B team. But the thing is, some of those C players went on and excelled in high school. And that's one of the only kind of bad taste that I had in my mouth as far as youth hockey. But it, it, it's a great USA hockey is a great organization. And, and you're absolutely right about great memories and, and, a thing that you're you're in there for life because we now as a family are, are great hockey fans and, and follow it a lot. Well, Vin, th- thank you for that call. And, and, uh, and to, to, to Mike's point earlier, if, if we understand, of course, you mentioned about the hockey elitism, but it all changes, Mike, because you said, you know, kids change themselves and some kids, uh, you know, as they grow and, and their skills develop, they do become better hockey players. And, you know, a kid who might be in a C team, when they're, I don't know, 8 or 10, might develop to become a real superstar by the time they're in high school or, or playing at the, at, the, uh, at the midget level. I mean, it's, that, that's, that's the beauty of ice hockey. Yeah, and I'm, I'm so fortunate to be involved with the New York Festival uh, organization, you know, that, that picks the kids that go on to the NDTP program for uh, USA Hockey at the national level, you know, your future Olympians and NHLers. Mm-hmm. And the one statistic uh, that, that really shocked me and amazed me over the last uh, five or six years, I've been doing this up in, you know, mostly up in Syracuse, but, you know, from all our district kids is that, you know, over 50% of each year's kids get cut up. So your best 14 year olds, 50% of those players the next year at the festival level, don't make that team. Um, and that's a huge number. So when you're a player at 15, 16, 17 years old, and you feel, okay, I just made the, the best team in New York state at 15 years old, you know, 50% of those kids, aren't making the next year. And that's because of, of, you know, they're just growing. Other kids work harder. Uh, Players have more passion. 
And you just need some players just need time to catch up. And some players are there so early at eight and nine and 10 years old, you know, the, the phenoms at nine and 10. Uh, they just disappear at 12 and 13 years old. Yeah, I, I can recall very vividly uh, when, when uh, my son John was playing, when he was eight or nine, there was one kid who was uh, always big. He's big for his age. He was a dominant player on the ice. But by the time the kids had grown into like 13 or 14, that big dominant player at age nine or 10, he was just a, another one of the guys in the, on, the, on the ice at that point because everybody else sort of caught up and, and sort of uh, either matched his skills or surpassed him. That's, that's what happens with, with amateur sports. Let's, uh, let's squeeze in one more call here. Let's go up to uh, Brewster, New York. Tony is standing by. Tony, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning, Rick. Uh, Tony from Brewster. Oh. You may or may not remember me. But Tony, of course. Tony Sika, of course. How are you? That's me. Well, you guys are bringing back a lot of great memories. And, Mike, uh, I brought my son to that program up in Harvey at the age of four or five, double runner skates. And uh, you guys, needless to say, got him off and running. Uh, uh, Rick, you and I could recount many a cold Sunday morning (laughs) sitting in various stands, rooting our kids along. And uh, that's a bond that, uh, needless to say, is endless. Uh, Chris is still active hockey-wise. I mean, you always need a goalie. Well, uh, (laughs) let me just tell our our listening audience that uh, Chris Sika was one of the outstanding uh, goalies out, out of Westchester County, and uh, Tony, for years, you, you were, uh, as I recall, physical education teacher, athletic director, something like that, Tony? Well, no, I majored in phys ed. I taught science, but I also coached football at uh, my old high school at Westchester Community when they did have a football team, uh-huh. and uh, that was my link, so to speak, to the uh, the, the athletic world. Well, But uh, I'd like to just get back to Mike. Mike, yeah. Yes. You may have mind. You may have. Uh, we had a an old man's pickup game on Friday nights. We were the last slot, and your dad would let us skate endlessly. I mean, it was <laughs> one o- one o'clock in the morning, and he'd be upstairs watching TV, and we'd be uh, still running around like a bunch of uh, crazy kids. And of course, we always had a case of beer waiting for us in the locker room. But uh, those memories are uh, precious to me, and I'll take those to my grave. Yeah, don't, tell the school, don't tell the school that. They may retroactively uh, <laughs> charge for that. I... <laughs> but uh, I, I, when I, uh, as a matter of fact, Chris texted me from, uh, he was working out in the gym, and he, went, and he texted me that you guys are on. And I just had to uh, get into you and uh, recount those great days. And, Mike, I'm glad to see uh, it doesn't surprise me that you're still involved. I mean, you always were a class act. And uh, keep up the great work because, as Rick and I will attest to, uh, hockey, like so many of the previous callers have said, is something that will just bond people together and uh, last forever, so to speak. So God bless the both of you. Rick, I hope John's doing well. Yeah, he is. I'm sure be, he is. Yeah, he is. He still skates as well, Tony. And thank you so much for, for chiming in this morning. It's great to hear from you. Likewise. You're, always, you're doing a great job, Rick. It's always good to get through. Mike, keep up the good work. And like I said, the memories are endless. <laughs> thank Thanks you, Tony. For, thanks for the kind words. Thank you. And, and you Mike, I, I'm, uh, that's so nice to hear from Tony Sika, who, uh, yes, uh, we grew up as hockey parents uh, watching our boys play uh, for years and years, and they obviously still love playing. Hey, Mike Benelli, thank you so much for, for joining us this morning to talk about youth hockey. Obviously, our, 
our time is limited and uh, a lot of other topics I'd like to discuss with you, but uh, I just, I'm so grateful you had a chance to come on the show and, and uh, talk about this topic with me. No, thanks for having me. Thank you for having me so much. And, you know, like I said, if any of the listeners, uh, you know, they want to find out more about, you know, just go to ADM Kids. Uh, I know you, on the show you've mentioned the Declaration of Principles that the yep. NHL and yep. USA Hockey have incorporated. You know, all of those things are, you know, they're really universal across all sports. And uh, it's, a, it's a great opportunity for any of your listeners that, that are, uh, you know, youth hockey parents, youth baseball parents, soccer, lacrosse. Uh, they're, they're just, uh, you know, the principles really are, go across all youth, youth level uh, athletics. Hey, Mike, thanks again. I'll talk to you again real soon. All right, thanks, Rick. Appreciate the time. Thank you. That's, again, Mike uh, Bonelli from USA Hockey. Okay, let me take a quick timeout. I'll be back with more. Big Wolf Sports Radio 1019 FM The Fan Sports Radio 66 WFAN Well, I'm so glad I had a chance to uh, do a show about uh, youth hockey, and I will tell you that, uh, yeah, I devoted... Uh, a good chunk uh, of my time as a sports uh, for, sports parent to uh, to watching my son uh, grow up uh, through uh, youth hockey and USA hockey. And by the way, uh, you know, no no youth organization is perfect. I know that, but USA hockey, uh, as I mentioned at the top of the hour, they do seem to understand and try to deal directly with some of the issues that are involved with youth sports. Uh, and if you go to USA Hockey's website, you'll find a whole wealth of information and, and insight and the programs they're trying to implement, which make a lot of sense. Uh, as I said, a lot of the, uh, the youth programs try to look the other way, but these guys seem to get it and understand it. Um, and I will tell you, I, I just want to, hearing from, uh, from, from Tony Sika this morning, it brought back a, a flood of memories. And um, one of the great joys of my own life was when my son John was, was playing hockey and he was faced with a dilemma uh, he was playing ho- hockey ever since he was, uh, you know, six or seven. And as he progressed through the system, when he got to be in seventh or eighth grade, it was clear that he wanted to continue to play uh, hockey right through high school. But where we lived up in Armonk in, in Westchester County, the local public high school, Byram Hills High School, didn't have an ice hockey program. So uh, and my son had played at the Harvey School Program and Ramapo and Brewster Bulldogs over in Darien and Connecticut, but he wanted to keep playing. But there was no public high schools at that time in northern Westchester County that offered hockey as a sport. So I banded with a dad over in Chappaqua, Mel Cherney, who had not one but three kids who played hockey. And we all rallied the local sports hockey parents of uh, in Armonk and Chappaqua, and before you knew it, we, we petitioned our respective school boards to have an ice hockey team. And it wasn't easy. It took a lot of planning and backroom politicking and giant demonstrations of support by all the kids and their parents. But in the end, we had hockey at Byron Hills High School, at Horace Greeley High School, and pretty much all the other high schools in northern Westchester followed suit. And it was great. We had tremendous, tremendous hockey program. And I'm delighted that uh, my son had a chance to, uh, to play hockey for Byron Hills. Okay, that's going to do it for me in this edition of the Sports Edge. My thanks this morning to Brian Rascona. Please stick around for Football Sunday with Mark Malusis and Dave Deal. I'll see you next week right here on the Sports Edge. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.